There's a reason we sometimes experience trials. Pastor Ed Taylor shares these thoughts. What you're going through right now, God is allowing you to go through it so you can reach someone else. What you're going through right now isn't for you, it's for someone else. And you go, what? If that's the case, take my name off that list. You know what? I don't want to go through what? Are you kidding me? I've got, I've got trials in my own life, and then God would allow a trial in my life so he could use it to reach someone else? This is amazing grace. Trials, we all experience them, and we can so easily forget that God has great purpose in every one of them. We'll hear about one surprising purpose for them today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Join us in Romans chapter 12, where we learn about our calling as Christians to be patient in tribulations. But first, let's pay a quick visit to Revelation chapter 3 and hear a few things about the lukewarm. Why would you settle for lukewarm Christianity? It's not good to be distant from God. It's not good to be a believer, but not walking in the spirit. It's not good to be a believer fulfilling the lust of your flesh. It's not good to be a believer lagging in diligence, no longer fervent. It's not good to be a believer. Lukewarm Christians are usually, that's how backsliding starts. It's not good. He says in verse 18, I counseled for you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich, white garments, you may be clothed, the shame of your nakedness. Just come to terms with the reality of what's going on in your life and understand, verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Therefore, be zealous and what? What does your Bible say? Be zealous and repent. Yes. Repentance is a message that goes out to every unbeliever right now. If you are distant from God, you have no relationship with God, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Receive the forgiveness of your sin. Or believer, you know, the word repentance needs to come to us, too, from time to time. Hey, get things right with the Lord right now. Don't settle for lukewarmness. Don't think it's okay. I mean, you want to know what it really looks like? Let's just say we had a little survey today and we said, how are you doing in your Christian life? And a lot of different answers will come, but maybe we can narrow it down to some things that really point to you doing well, me doing well. Let's just say that we use the time that we spend in God's Word. Let's use that as a barometer. And we say, hey, how are you doing in God's Word? How you been lately? You know, on a scale of 1 to 10, right? 10 being just really doing well. You know, it's been 9 or 10. You just really think as you look at your life, it's been going well. And then 1, uh, not really good at all. 1 to 0, you don't want to be there. And so I say, hey, how's it been lately? And you go, well, Ed... You know, I really haven't been where I want to be. I don't know that I'd be at 9 or a 10, but you know, it's not like my Bible's got dust on it or I'm losing it as a doorstop. So not, it's not 1 and it's not 9 or 10. I'd say, you know, my time in the Word right now, it's about a 5 or a 6. That's good. I'm doing good. I go, okay, how about, how about your time just seeking the Lord through prayer? And I don't just mean, you know, the rote time where you get down on your knees and you pray or maybe praying. Just, just knowing the consciousness of God, talking to Him daily, you know, in the car, maybe before you go to bed, before a meal. Just, just knowing, you know, that that's how relationships build, through communication. How's your communication? How's your prayer life with the Lord? And you say, Ed, you know, it's not where I really want it to be. It's not a 9 or a 10, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not down at the bottom either. You know, I'm not a 0 or a 1. I, I'd say I'm about a five. 
maybe of six, maybe on some days, five or six. And, and then we say, okay, well, how, how do you think you're doing in, in relation to just having a heart for the lost? You know, Jesus has a heart for the lost. You have a heart for the lost. How are you doing in just talking to people about their lives or helping them understand that they're lost? You know, where's that at? And you go, well, Ed, you know, I could always do better than that. You know, I'm no way I'm a nine or a ten. But, you know, I'm not, like, cold toward those people either. I mean, there are times sometimes when I do share. You know, I think I'd be about a four or a five. I'm okay. Think about that. I'm okay. Four, five, six, I'm okay. If that scale was used with the definitions we just learned from the scriptures, 10 being hot, zero being cold, what does that make five look warm? And for some of you, using numbers and a scale like that, as you start to assess your own life, you've convinced yourself that five is okay. And Jesus says that lukewarmness is not okay. And so as you assess some of the things in your life, consider, please, church, being lukewarm is not a good place to be. You don't want to be on the vomiting end of Jesus. You know that? You don't want to be there with Jesus, ready to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And Jesus says, depart from me. I don't want to be there. Now, are you going to live at this high 10 all the time? You know, when you abide in Jesus Christ, you're hitting 10 all the time. Did you know that? Because he's living his life in you. It's not like what you have done. It's not like, oh, I've been a better Christian this week. I'm a 10. No, you know, you abide. I abide in the Lord just right now. The sweetness of fellowship, the learning of the Bible. Here today, abiding in the Lord. 10, 10, 10, 10, all over. Except for you rebels that are holding back. But you know what? The Holy Spirit's doing business with your heart too, isn't he? Because he loves you. God doesn't hate you. He doesn't want to snuff you out with his thumb and take care of you and boot you out. He wants you to be in relationship with him. That's what we pray for all week, that God would be known here, that Jesus Christ, good theology, is going to lead us right to Jesus. That's what he desires from us. Relationship, connection, promise. Jesus does. He says, if you abide in me, I'll abide in you. That's where it's at. You don't have to work this up. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to just, I'm going to go for the old college try. No, as a matter of fact, that's just, you got to let go. You got to repent. Repentance means, Lord, everything that I've done that has been sinful for you, I let go. I don't even want to live that way. And you just enjoy the Lord. I enjoy his presence. Back in Romans now, chapter 12, we move on to verse 12, and it says, rejoicing in hope. These are all good exhortations to make us stronger believers, to let love flow through our lives. And in Romans chapter 12, he says in verse 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. You know, it's not always possible, is it, to rejoice in our circumstances or to rejoice for our circumstances because things happen in our lives that stink. But you and I, we need to read the Bible carefully. It doesn't say to rejoice for everything. It says to rejoice in hope. To rejoice in the Lord. Joy is so much different than happiness. You know, you can be very, very unhappy and still experience the joy of the Lord. You can be very, very unhappy in, with some circumstances, some fears, some things that are going on. You can be very unhappy but still have strength in the Lord. That's how you're going to get through it. His hope, that settled inward peace that God is my God. And Paul, he talks about it. He talks about his own life, about what he went through. War, he went through, through stripes and imprisonments and tumults. He had people accusing him. He had all these things happening to him. And yet, at the same time, he could rejoice in hope. Or in another place, he say, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. We're not to rejoice in every situation or even for every situation. 
I mean, the only way that we can have a constant flow of rejoicing is in the Lord. It's something that God produces in us. He gives it to us, that joy of the Lord. He alone is our help in times of need. And it's in His Spirit that patience and joy flows. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. They come from Him. And I think this is God's Word to many of you today. His appointed timing for you. You could be hearing it today, right now, or even later on on the radio, or by way of CD, or all sorts of ways. But this is God's Word for this time in your life right now, and that's simply this. Listen, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't turn your back. Don't leave. Don't run away. Rejoice in the Lord. What's going on in your life? For those of you thinking about quitting, it's totally ripped you off from all your joy, hasn't it? Man, that's so foreign to me, Ed. I, I mean, I haven't had joy, I haven't had happiness in a long time. Hey, come back. Come back to the Lord. Come back to His presence. Be patient. That's what he says here. He says, rejoicing in hope and also patient in tribulation. But Ed, the, the heat has turned up so hot, I want to jump out. Patience. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Getting back on your knees and crying out to the Lord. I know your mind right now is flooded with the immensity of the situation. I, I know the path and the heartache and the sorrow and the fears, they're all real. They're not make-believe. It's tough. And even using that word tough, we don't have a better word to use. You can put some pieces of the puzzle together of what it means to be tough, but that's really all we can say. It's tough. It's hard. We recognize that. We realize that. And you know, God uses trials and tribulations in our lives. He does. He uses it all. Nothing, listen, nothing is wasted by God. Nothing. Right now, many of you are currently experiencing the joy of God restoring to you the years or the months or even the weeks that were thrown away with bad decisions and, and stumbles and falls. Nothing is wasted by God. He's going to restore. He's going to reconcile. He's going to use it even what you're in right now. And we know that God uses trials and tribulations. We know that. They often change us. They often rebuke us. They often chasten us. They, they, God will use them to make us stronger. He'll use it to carve out things in our heart. He'll use trials and tribulations to show us things that we couldn't learn any other way. They would be able to see them and go, oh, that's in my heart. That's in my mind. Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. Yes, yes, he does. God's using it right now. He could be using it right now in your life to fashion you, to mold you, to shape you, to help you grow and mature as a believer. Yes, 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 all of them. But I want to suggest to you one other reason that God uses and allows trials in your life. One other thing. Yes, it's true. God uses them to, to change you, to make you stronger. Yes, but might I suggest to you that what you're going through right now has nothing to do with you at all. And it really has nothing to do with the things that are in you. Because I've met many believers that have been walking in the Lord, abiding in the Lord, and just slammed. And what you're going through right now, God is allowing you to go through it so you can reach someone else. What you're going through right now isn't for you, it's for someone else. And you go, what? If that's the case, take my name off that list. You know what? I don't want to go through what? Are you kidding me? I've got, I've got trials in my own life, and then God would allow a trial in my life so he could use it to reach someone else? Ed, you're making that up, man. I don't receive that. You're making it up. That can't possibly be in the Bible. Is it in the Bible, Ed? I'm glad you asked. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Yeah, let me just put this in your heart, friend. That what you're going through right now, what you have gone through, 
wasn't so much for you. And I don't know all the mysteries. I'm not, it's not a black or white thing. I'm not trying, I don't know exactly all the mysterious things that God's doing behind the scenes. But I do understand that sometimes what we've gone through, what we're going through is for someone else. Verse 3, chapter 1, 2 Corinthians. Paul is talking about this wonderful relationship we have. Chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, the Father of mercies and the God of what? All comfort. And notice, he comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now, if we are afflicted, Paul speaking of himself, but by way of application, we all can fit ourselves in this. If we're afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we're comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast, because we know that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so also you will partake of the consolation. So get this. No wonder Satan and the world and your flesh wants you to quit. No wonder he wants you and you have that urge to run away. No wonder you have become so mad, so sad, so hurt, so frustrated, so bitter, so that your life won't affect anyone else and we lose you too. Pain hurts. Situations that are painful, they hurt at the deepest of our core. Living in this world is painful. You remember back when you gave your life to Jesus Christ? Remember? Maybe it was here at Calvary. Maybe it was somewhere else where you raised your hand and said, I respond. I repent of my sins. I receive you, Jesus. You could come up to an altar. You were listening to a radio broadcast, a TV show. A friend prayed with you at work. You got a track. Wherever it happened, you, you responded. You said, forgive me of my sins. And you probably said or thought something along the lines of, and you know what, God? Take my life and do whatever you want with it and you meant it with all your heart and what's going on in your life right now is that whatever it wasn't a prayer i know it i pray with many new believers it, they, i've never met one of them that ever prayed and god i give you my life and do whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt i don't have any pain everything's fine the rest of my life i'm ready to go never never i never heard that from a new believer when we prayed surrendered our life to jesus we meant it i know you meant it and you know what, friend? You're going through the whatever right now. Right now. That's, that's it. This is the whatever. God's using your life for you. He's using your life for someone else. Your life is not a waste. It's not a throwaway. God, he wants to continue to use your life. And you know what? The pain will be over soon. I can promise you that. Because the Bible says when we see him face to face, we're going to have new bodies. We're going to have new minds. We're just going to be, man, this will be in the presence of the Lord. He's coming soon. And it's going to be over. But for now, be patient. Be patient in tribulation with the patience of the Lord. Steadfast in prayer. Isn't it amazing how many times tribulation and prayer go together in the Bible? It just electrifies your prayer life, doesn't it? One day your prayers are, God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. No talking. <laughs> that was the prayer my son prayed at school when he was four years old, six years old. And it's just a simple prayer. It's like, we appreciate God for your food, but, you know, we just say a little prayer of dinner, and then we go on with life. And then a crisis comes, and we're on our knees weeping before the Lord, crying for Him to work in our lives, or our mom's lives, or our dad's lives, and just come with comfort, God. Come with help. Come with mercy, but come. 
continuing to pray. Are you experiencing disappointment today and pain? I mean, are you hurting? Many times I feel the hurt with you, you know. I do, the pastoral staff here, the precious lay leaders and servants. You're not, this isn't a job. We're not here because of a job or a paycheck. I know we may not have felt exactly what you feel, but I'm telling you, we feel the pain with you. And every time we hear of a story, I mean, just Friday, I was reading through my email, and and, and an email came through from an update on a gal that you and her husband used to come to this fellowship. We were over in the school, and they were here for a short season. We were able to minister for a short season. God called them out to another area. They moved to another state. I'm reading her email, and she says, well, the divorce is final today. And, you know, I could have really got this much for child support, but I settled for this much because I wanted to show. And, you know, I, as soon as I got home after the courtroom, I, I got four hours of sleep, and then, and then I slept for more, ten more hours. It's been exhausting. Exhausting it's been, but thank you so much for your prayers. I mean, what bride? I mean, seriously, what bride comes and, and, and they're all in their white dress and they're, they're praying and planning for this. What bride is thinking, you know, I'm only in this till we get divorced. I haven't met one yet. I mean, what daddy has to wake up in the morning and wonder, I got to go to court today because I'm not able to see my kids, but once a month and I got to fight for more time and my kids don't see me anymore. I mean, what dad, what mommy ever gets into this? What mom thinks she's going to be a single parent when, when that disease took her husband so quickly? I mean, it's just like that. They were together one moment and then boom, I'm a single mom. I mean, who plans for that kind of stuff? I mean, pain is real. And we're not here in this church. I mean, we're not a machine. We don't view you as a machine. You're human. And it hurts. And I wish, and I, we wish that we could just take the pain from you. We wish that, well, what do we do? What are you going to get? You know what we're going to do? You're, you're going to get weeping when you weep, or you're going to get mourning when you mourn. And I'm telling you, from everyone here, you're going to get good theology. We're going to take you back to the Word. Because we know when we give you good theology, you know where we're headed? Right to the cross. We're going to go to Jesus, and He's going to minister to our hearts, and we're going to get back on track. And we're going to help you get through some of the things that you're going through right now. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to happen overnight. But I'm telling you, through the power of the Lord, He's your strength. And you know what? You can rejoice in hope so that one day your testimony can be shared of how God was so credibly faithful to you and so wonderful to you and how He restored and how He redeemed and how He reconciled in your life. Flip over to Psalm 65 as we head out. I just want you to know that the men and women that serve in this church, we love you. And we care for you. We want to help you. We may not always have the right words. We may not always even say what you want to hear. But let me tell you, our heart is just to draw you to Jesus Christ. Because He's your help. He's your solution. He's your all in all. He saved your soul. He has taken your life from the pit. He is working in your life. He is going to be a strength in time of need. His name is a strong tower. Those of us with need help we run to him and he we find help in time of need every single time and we read this as a congregation as we responsibly read this together in verse 4 there's only one place church that you can really find the good in life and that's found in Jesus Christ that's it there's no other option no other alternative it's not just being good in your theology as important as that is we're going to be pointing you to good theology good sound doctrine that's very important but it's not just having your facts in order it's not just being able to spout the right verse at the right time it's not just knowing this and knowing that it's knowing jesus and him crucified his life now and yours his strength is your strength his help is your help And it says, blessed is the man, this is Psalm 65, 4, blessed is the man whom you choose and cause to approach you, that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house and of your holy temple. 
how beautiful and wonderful our God is to us. Some of you are just missing something. You love God, but the missing piece is that satisfaction in Him, that He's your all in all. God has chosen to bring you near to Him. And my, how God loves you, how He loves you so perfectly. Even in those times of faltering and stumbling, you know, the Bible says when we are faithless, what does God do? Pound us. No, no, no. No, 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 no. When we are faithless, the Bible says God remains faithful. Oh, man, I would have promised. It's not permission to go out and live a faithless life. No, not at all. But we get the wind knocked out of us from time to time, don't we? It doesn't even have to be something you've done. You could be, I've, I've met countless people who had a great abiding relationship with Jesus Christ and it was someone else's situation, some other trap, something happened, just knocked the wind out of them. And God's calling you to a satisfaction. He's calling you to a good theology because good theology is just going to take you right to the cross and you're going to find satisfaction in that relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? In Jesus alone, is where satisfaction is found. And it's found despite the deep hurts in life we all experience from time to time. Thanks for joining us today on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is leading a study in Romans chapter 12. Pastor Ed, when it comes to suffering, you mentioned God allows it to help us grow or to reach others. But how do we answer the critic who says that God is unloving or unjust to allow such suffering in the life of his children? Well, you know, Larry, that's one of the big philosophical questions that plague men and women that are separated from God for millennia, where it's hard to reconcile a good, gracious, perfect, loving God and the wicked, evil pain that we, we experience on the earth today. But both of those truths are accurate. God is good, gracious, perfect, and loving. Number one, that's true. We suffer hurt, pain, sorrow, difficulty, disappointment. Number two, that's true. So how does one and two reconcile? Well, we have to remember that all pain and suffering, the root of it is sin. A rebellion against God. A wickedness and wretchedness in the heart of man. And it's unfair for the critic to ascribe God as being unloving or unjust. Because justice and mercy flow from the cross of Jesus Christ. That God sees a greater injustice, and that's the separation of man between God. It's not right. It's not God's design. It's not God's heart for man to choose to rebel against him. And he reverses the great injustice by the cross of Jesus Christ, and he bridges that gap between you and me. So I don't think it's fair for the critic to say that. If I had the opportunity, it would be much longer than a quick little answer at the end of the program today. But I do know this. If you have serious questions about God, you should connect with us. Uh, We would love to help you, minister to you, uh, encourage you, and remind you that the pain that you're in right now and the difficulty that you're facing is not an indication that God is unloving or unjust. No, it's an indication that we live in a fallen world, and our only hope is another world, another city, whose builder and maker is God, that one day, by faith, we will be in the presence of Jesus Christ. Only believers will see justice. 
Only believers will see every wrong be made right, and that's by faith in Jesus Christ. That's very helpful. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. To hear today's message again, go to AboundingGraceRadio.com. At Abounding Grace, we're committed to delivering God's Word to people all across the world, but we can't do it alone. We're very thankful for the listeners that come alongside us with financial and or prayerful support. Your gift, whatever the size, would be greatly appreciated and put to good use. And if you'd like to help us reach people with the love and truth of Christ, please visit AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. And as you give $25 or more today, request a copy of the book, Love, The More Excellent Way, authored by Pastor Chuck Smith. Ask 10 people on the street what love is, and you might get 10 different answers. So what is love? See how God answers that question in this wonderful book enjoyed by many. Again, call 877-30-GRACE, and we can take your resource request. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but come back next time when we'll resume Pastor Ed Taylor's study of Romans on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.